Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Daily Drives. I am Jason, and I am your host. And I am so glad you're here with me today. Oh, my God, man, Monday morning. That's what time it is for me right now. And I'm headed to work. And I hope you listened to that last episode that I published on Friday, the 22nd of June, uh, because that was about putting in the work. And putting in the work is the most important thing you can do to go from one place to another. (laughs) As simple as that sounds, that's exactly it. It's the number one thing that you can do to make things happen for yourself, putting in work. (laughs) So hopefully you understood that, you got that, and I made that point extremely clear. And hopefully today you're putting in the work to get you to wherever it is that you want to be tomorrow. So with that being said, uh, my friend that I was talking about the last episode, if you listened, he had a business, he sold the business, he blew all the money, and now he's got Jack. Uh, He's trying to rebuild another business, uh, which is where he reached out to me and was like, dude, what do I do? Uh, I gave him a plan step-by-step exactly what to do. Uh, you know, involving his business, and, you know, he kind of dicked off still. I didn't do it. So uh, a few weeks later, his car got repossessed. He had a bunch of crap going on. He's got some bills that are past due that need to get paid, and, you know, he's he's fig- trying to figure out how the hell he's going to sell some, uh, some T-shirts really quick because that's one of the side businesses that he does, uh, sell some T-shirts real quick so that he can make a few dollars so he can just go ahead and pay the few bills that he's got behind and whatnot and, and start back at zero. So he's in the hole right now. He's just trying to dig himself out. So that being said, if you know anybody who could use a couple dozen T-shirts, he's got a ridiculously low price on them. They're five bucks a piece. As long as you buy 20 of them, that's a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks for 20 T-shirts with your design on it. It's very easy to reach the guy, Dr. Z designs on Facebook. Um, if you need information, uh, you need to find a way to reach out to this guy. Hit me up anywhere on social media. Obviously, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, and, uh, you know, a bunch of other shit that I don't even remember. So <laughs> I, I probably don't even remember my passwords to sign in. But anyway, so I'm on, I'm on all kinds of social media. So if you or a group of friends, uh, you know, need a T-shirt, maybe you've got a, a 5K coming up sometime this summer and you want your team to be all dressed in the same T-shirt, five bucks a piece is pretty damn cheap. I'm sure that uh, you can find someone to throw in on a sponsorship or something like that for you. Um, or maybe, you know, you've got a, a small vape store and you want to sell some cool designs in your, in your store. Uh, to try to help increase revenue, this is a good way to do it. At five bucks a piece, you could easily sell, sell shirts for ten or fifteen dollars, and people will buy them all day long. Especially if they're cool, and the guy's a really good artist. So, Dr. Z Designs, find him on Facebook, um, or hit me up, and I will forward you a link to be able to reach out to him personally. So, again, uh, that's if you're in need of shirts. That'll help my buddy, my buddy out a little bit. You help him to get a couple of bills paid and whatnot. Now. That being said, as I mentioned, it's 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday. I'm on my way to work where I've not yet made my first sale, but I'm in advertising sales, and it's a lot of fun. Really enjoying it right now. And I believe that I'll be enjoying it for quite some time because uh, it's a pretty cool business, something that I've not done yet, and uh, I want to master it before I move on to the next thing. So... (laughs) That's just me, right? That's just what I do. That's how I do things. So uh, master one thing, move on to the next. Um, so we, we're hoping that we're hoping that well, I'm going to find that first sale today because I sent out a couple of really solid proposals on Friday, and I feel pretty good about one of them. So we'll see. Um, keep your fingers crossed. I'll let you know. Anyway, what are we going to get into today? Well, I've had a lot of requests, actually, about... Um, you know, when you're, you're setting goals, uh, and you're trying to accomplish a certain thing, you know, it's really easy to lose sight of that goal, but you know, I'm, I'm just gonna, 
I'm just going to do this one thing just this one time, right? I'm just going to do this one more time. Let me give you a really good example of that. Drug addiction. Yeah, drug addiction. So think about this. Uh, you, you have been um, having a shitty time in life. You decide, you know, take a few pills. Uh, the pills make you feel a little bit better. Um, one of the most common ways of this occurring is uh, somebody gives you, say, Vicodin. Vicodin got really popular in the late 90s, early 2000s because, A, they were prescribing the shit out of it to everybody, um, and B, Eminem came out uh, around that time and started talking about popping pills, you know, Vicodin and Valium and, and this and that and whatever, and he specifically refers to Valium a couple of times in a couple of different songs on his first, uh, his first record or so. So um, I think that brought a lot of attention to the uh, pain medication industry, if you will, uh, for a lot of you know high school students and things like that. Because even though I wasn't in high school when when Eminem first appeared on the scene, um, I was just out of high school, and it was something that not only was I listening to on a regular basis and partying to, uh, but my little brother's friends who. You know, they were all high school students, so they were all jamming this stuff too, and they all knew every word and things like that. Now, am I blaming Eminem for the uh, the epidemic that we're seeing today? Absolutely not. That's absurd. It's ridiculous to even think that. However, um, I think that in in some people's eyes, he did put a little bit of attention on uh, pharmaceutical medications. So, what happens is with Vicodin specifically. Um, it actually, and it even says as a side effect on the pill bottle itself, it gives a false sense of well-being. Okay, so it actually makes you feel better, uh, gives you a little bit of energy, a little bit of confidence, right? That's what Vicodin does. That's the appeal to Vicodin uh, and, and the way that a lot of people get started uh, becoming a drug addict, honestly. Uh, some people start this because they have some kind of a, an accident where they're injured or hurt um, in some way and they have to use this in order to keep the pain down and then um, back in the day before anybody knew what the hell was going on they would stop giving them to you just just your script is done okay it's it that's all you get you know you've been taking them for months but now you're not going to get any anymore uh, well that was part of the problem because what happened was people were like dude now I feel I feel effed up, and I don't. Even, there's no reason for me to feel bad, but I feel bad. I don't know what to do. I take one bike and then bang, I feel better all of a sudden. Now, now it's difficult. Now it starts to become the addiction part, right? So you took a couple of pills. They felt good, whatever. All right, cool. You know, no big deal. Party, had a couple of beers, whatever, whatever. So, in the next day, someone's like, "Here, man, have another one of these, and it'll make you feel better." from your hangover, whatever the hell, right? Next thing you know, you're going out searching for these things, right? You're looking for your buddy that gave them to you last time. Hey, man, how much of these? Can I get a couple of them? You know, I just want to feel a little bit better today. I don't feel very good. That's where the, that's where the whole thing starts, right there. Next thing you know, you're looking for things like fentanyl patches. Now, if you don't know what fentanyl is, fentanyl is a very addictive drug uh, it's a pain medication and it's extremely strong and what happens is a lot of times uh, to my understanding anyway from what I know of fentanyl it is mostly put uh, in a patch form and that form is applied to this or that patch is applied to the skin and it's released into the body throughout the day for people who suffer from serious, um, serious chronic pain, um, something like a degenerative disc disease, or you know things like that, or a uh, a major surgery where they took out part of your spleen or something. You might be a candidate for a fentanyl patch at that point. If you're an addict and you have people in your family that that use those things, well, even if they throw them in the trash, you're looking for them. You're going to get your hands on them. You're going to use them. So what happens is you realize, you know what, I'm fucking up. Um, these pills are becoming a regular part of my life. I need to stop doing this shit. 
right? So you stop. You don't need to go to, you know, N.A. You don't have a, a major family crisis. You don't have a, a, a big uh, intervention with all your family members and friends and stuff. It's not like that, right? People don't even know you're doing it, right? So you stop. Um, a week goes by, whatever, 10 days, and you're like, ah, oh, man, you know, there's one of those Vicodin. Man, I, I don't feel very good today. I, I kind of got a little bit of a headache. I should probably just take one of these just to be safe so I don't get this headache coming on, right? So you go back and, and, and you take one or two or whatever, right? So that's kind of how it happens. Like when I'm, I'm setting goals, my goal is I don't want to take drugs anymore, okay? Well, I make an excuse. I find a reason for it to not work, right? I'm looking for a reason now for me to have to take this legitimately. Why is it that I can, how can I manipulate this in my own mind to make it feel like I haven't lied to myself and I'm doing myself a favor by going ahead and taking this one pill right now, right? That's what's really going on in the brain. You're really justifying your behavior because you're mad at yourself because you've said to yourself, I don't wanna do this anymore and you wanna do it now. So you thought you didn't want to, now you do want to, you're going back on your word against yourself. It's a really, it's a, it's a very difficult situation in which to be because you're, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're mad at yourself for going back to it. You're going back to it because you're mad at yourself and so on and so forth. It's like that, it happens that way. It's no different from cigarettes. I've quit smoking a half dozen times in my life, right? A half dozen times, guys. Six times in my 39 years, I've I've, I've fucking quit smoking. What happens? I'll tell you what happens, right? People don't realize that cigarettes are just as addictive as things like heroin. Uh, and that, that came from a drug and alcohol counselor from Mary Haven in Columbus, Ohio. That's, that's not my statistic. I didn't make that shit up. That's actually from a woman who dealt with heroin addicts, right? And people who to help them quit smoking. That's where I met her, actually. It was a quitting smoking class that Riker Automotive put on for us. Um, it was a weekly thing and it was, it was cool. It was the first time I quit smoking. I stopped for a, a, about a year. Um, what happened? You quit for a year and then, and then you said you, you quit for a year, but then what happened after that year, right? Well, it's very simple. I did what most people do. I went out uh, now I was a musician, so I was going out, you know, playing shows and getting drunk with my, uh, with my buddies and shit, getting all fucked up. Uh, mostly alcohol, because that, that was me. And those of you who know me, you know I, I like to, or did like to drink a lot. So because of that, I was, uh, you know, out with my, my bandmates in uh, Cleveland, Ohio one night, um, getting ready to play a show, just finished playing a show, and we're getting ready to watch the headliner, and everybody's sitting outside. I'm half drunk. The drummer had cigarettes, and I was like, hey, let me get one of those, man. I'm drunk, I'm feeling good, I think it'll be funny for me to smoke one cigarette and get that crazy buzz that you get when you first start smoking cigarettes, right? And that happened, and I was like, oh, cool, ha-ha, way, cool, you know, whatever. So uh, the next few days, I would bum a cigarette here, bum a cigarette there. You know, I just need one, just to, you know, just one, kind of take the edge off, whatever. I'm not going to go back to smoking anymore. I just wanted that one cigarette. Um... That went on for a few days, and next thing you know, I'm at the gas station buying a whole pack of cigarettes. That's how it happens. So you go from one uh, one spot in your life where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I can't do this to my body. I feel like shit. I want to do better, um, but I kind of need this cigarette. So, uh, guys, here's what we're going to do. It's, uh, it's about 11 minutes after 8, 12 minutes after 8 now. Uh, I'm a little bit early, which I always am, but I'm going to get in there and get my day started. So I'm going to go back, or I'm going to go to work, and when I get back, we're going to talk about addiction, but mostly we're going to talk about staying on the course to overcoming addiction, okay? Um, I'm not a drug and alcohol counselor, okay? I, I'm not... Um, I am not technically qualified 
to talk. Uh, I, I'm not certified to talk about these topics. However, I feel that I'm overqualified to talk about this particular subject because um, of all of the things that uh, I've dealt with when it comes to this particular subject in my life. So when I get back, we're going to talk about addiction, how it starts, um, a little bit more detail about how it starts and what it does to you from there. And then we're going to wrap the episode up with how to guarantee your success at beating addiction, whether that's smoking or gambling or drugs or drinking, whatever. We're going to talk about exactly how you can move yourself to a cleaner, more sober life and a more fulfilling life. So give me a few minutes. Listen to a song, of course, because I know how much you guys love the little snippets in here. Uh, I'll find a new band to introduce you to today. In the meantime, uh, I'm sure it'll be something good for you. I'll talk to you guys soon. Wish me luck on my first sale today. Uh, I'll chat with you soon. Well, guys, no sale today. Didn't get that first one yet. I know you guys are excited. Uh, <laughs> excited, almost as excited as I am for me to get that first one. Uh, yeah, some people out there rooting for me, pulling for me. I appreciate that. Uh, so, with that being said, let's dig back into what we were talking about. So, I left you off with uh, the, the little story about how I was smoking, and then I quit smoking, and then I started back up again, and, and this has happened a couple of, two or three times in my life. Um, so, when it comes to addiction... Um, it, it can start in so many different ways, you know, uh, a social situation is probably one of the most common ways that it starts, so you're in a group of friends or whatever, uh, they're, say, smoking cigarettes, we're going to use that as the example, um, and they're like, here, man, give this a shot, you know, and you're like, nah, nah, I'm good, it's all good, I don't want to do that, and uh, then a little bit of peer pressure comes along, you know, and the peer pressure might not be, oh, come on, man, come on, man, come on, man, but it might be something like, well, everybody else is doing it, you know, so you see all the people around you that are all smoking and whatever, and they're laughing it up, having a good time, they're doing cool stuff like blowing smoke rings and stupid shit like that, um, and as silly as that might sound, especially when you're a, a young man or woman, um, you know, just starting out in life, it's very easy uh, to, to uh, get caught up in that, uh, that social, you know, situation where you feel like you need to be a part of the crowd, a part of the group, um, and, and you'll do things that you wouldn't normally do only because so many other people are already involved. So that's one way that it can get started. And, you know, you might try it that one time. And, and if, you've ever not, if you've ever not been a smoker and then, and then tried to smoke, it's, it's not a pleasurable experience. Um, so it makes you wonder, you know, for those who don't smoke, what the hell is the attraction? Why in the hell do people do this? And then why is it that they can't just stop? So nicotine is very, very addicting. And uh, according to, you know, a woman like I, I mentioned earlier, from Mary Haven in Columbus, Ohio, she says that it's as addictive as heroin. Um, I can believe it because, as I said, I've been in a situation before where I've been not smoking and then started smoking again, and it's stupid, and I hate myself every time I do it, um, but I do it anyway, so what the fuck? You know, I need, obviously, some willpower, but uh, that's another story. So uh, that's one way that addiction can get started smoking cigarettes is a good example. Another good example of that is popping pills. You know, you start out with a couple of, uh, of Vicodin or maybe Xanax, you like the downers or whatever. Um, and the next thing you know, you know, months down the road or even years down the road, now you can't function without the stuff. And that's, that's how it happens. Um, and then, you know, it gets to be too expensive. So you go to cheaper drugs that do, that have the same effect or even a better effect, uh, or a more long lasting effect or a, uh, uh, you know, a more uh, concentrated effect for a shorter period of time, whatever. I mean, the point of the matter is you just go from one thing right over to the other. Uh, now, I'm excluding marijuana from this, and the reason why is because I have not yet met one person, and I know a lot of potheads, but I've not met one single person that couldn't go um, X amount of time without, without getting high, um, without smoking pot, because... 
there's nothing in pot that is actually addicting. There's nothing in there that makes your body say, I have to have this. THC, CBD, those chemicals um, that are released during the, uh, the, the process, whether it's smoking the buds themselves or, um, or creating a uh, concentrate or concoction of some sort, that uh, chemical reaction, the, the chemicals that are in there, they don't, they don't have any addicting qualities, okay? If you like to get high, you just like to get high, right? Like me, uh, I'm a smoker. Um, I smoke weed, but I don't do that at work. I don't do it before work. Uh, for me, it's a relaxing, chill-out kind of time, or I'm working on a new song, and I just want to kind of go off on a tangent, or, you know, uh, I'm just chilling for the evening. So it's my me time. Um, I don't do that kind of thing at work because I don't perform the same way at work if I, if I was to go to work high. So I leave that shit alone, and I can because I'm not addicted. I cannot smoke pot for months and months or even years, and I've done it before. Um, why do I go back to it? Because I enjoy it. So there it is. For those of you who didn't know, yeah, I'm a pot smoker. And um, if you don't like that, you're welcome to unfollow me and uh, just you know never talk to me again. <laughs> it's entirely up to you. I think that we put a major negative stigma on, uh, on pot smokers from the 80s and 90s because you know, everybody thought that it was such a loser type of thing to do. Uh, I was in a training class one time for Terminex, and the guy literally lied to us straight to our face. And I could tell because I'm a very uh, empathic person, and I'm very good at reading people's body language. And uh, I've got a pretty good idea of when somebody's bullshitting me. Guy literally says to me, I don't smoke pot because I don't consider it to be an adult activity. And the way that he said it just made me feel like there was no other way he could say it without sounding like an asshole. So it's quite obvious that the guy, who was also from Colorado, by the way, was using this as an opportunity to assert himself in a situation where he wasn't necessarily dominant. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Anyway, so that's one way that addiction can start, socially. Um, another way that it can start, and this is more specifically when it comes to pain pills, heroin, and things like that, um, I have friends that have had, uh, you know, accidents at work uh, where they maybe hurt their back or they, they had some major injury that they required some kind of pain management. And what happens during that pain management course is they put you on something that is addictive. And then when it's time to not be on that anymore, instead of kind of weaning you off like they should, tapering you down so that you are not being left to feel uh, addicted and things like that, or that you're missing something in your life uh, and suffering from things like withdrawal, which can be really brutal. Um, you know, they, they just rip the whole freaking bandaid off like, here you go, good luck. You know, so that then you feel like, okay, I need this, I gotta have this. Now you're out looking for it, you're buying it on the black market in quotations, um, and that kind of thing. So, what happens is, that shit gets expensive. You can't buy Percocets for less than 4 or $5 on the black market, right? So instead, you spend $20 on a bag of heroin that'll last you two or three days as opposed to spending $20 on four pills that might get you through a day, right? That's, that's how it all starts, man, and then it just goes downhill from there. So that's another way that it can start. Um, social and out of a direct need, uh, those those are two probably the most common ways. Now, I'm not going to tell you that the uh, actually I am going to tell you. I think that personally that the pharmaceutical industry, specifically Cardinal Health, being one of them, uh, a major pharmaceutical giant, Cardinal Health. I believe that they are directly responsible for the uh, the epidemic that is the pills and the heroin and fentanyl and things that we're seeing now in some of the. Um, you know, poorer areas in the country, uh, like Southeast Ohio, like um, Northwest Kentucky, um, Southwest uh, Indiana, all of those areas right there are heavily um, corrupted by, by drugs. And, and most of it is, is things like heroin and uh, fentanyl um, and Suboxone, which is, <laughs> 
Suboxone, which is legalized heroin, it's a, a, a prescription for heroin is basically what Suboxone is. It's made in a lab. It does the exact same thing as heroin. Uh, the difference is that now, <laughs> now you can get a prescription for it. So um, it's it, all of those things are abused on a daily basis, daily basis in some of the poor areas of the country. So that's how all those things kind of get started. Um, but we're not talking about how they get started, right? What we want to know is how do we stop it? So one thing I can tell you from personal experience is that quitting anything that you're addicted to and that you've been doing for a long time, anything at all is a difficult thing to do, a very difficult task. And I'm going to stop here to tell you, if you or someone that you know is addicted to something other than cigarettes, to anything like alcohol, heroin, uh, pain pills, any kind of major pharmaceutical of any kind. I don't care what it is. If they want to get help, the first thing that they need to do is reach out to someone that can help them. All right, I'd love to be able to help, but the truth of the matter is I've been through this uh, a half a dozen times. I've been successful at least once. That's right. Out of a half dozen times, I've been successful at least once in helping somebody to get sober and, and to remain clean. And that person is still clean. Here we are um, eight, eight years later, and that person is still clean. Uh, the other five, some I don't know, and some I'm not sure. So I, I really don't know. Um, so if you know somebody that has that kind of addiction, that's addicted to, to heroin or addicted to Percocets, or pain pills, uh, narcotics, um, anything like that, benzos, which are a lot of your um, antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, excuse me. Uh, those are the kinds of things that require professional help. They need to go somewhere where they specialize in addiction counseling, drug addiction counseling. Um, NA is just a start. It's an entire lifestyle change. Okay, it's not just getting rid of that particular thing that you're doing. It's also getting rid of a lot of the things that are associated with that particular thing. For example, if you're a heroin addict and you've got a girlfriend and you and your girlfriend do heroin all the time and you want to get clean and sober, the chances of both of you being successful with that are damn near nothing. So most of the time what you have to do is dump the girlfriend. Because if you're serious about getting clean and getting sober and being healthy, then you've got to cut out all the shit in your life that you associate with that particular behavior. I'm sorry. It's just the fucking truth. It's the way it is. There's nothing that can be done about it. You can't hang on to those relationships and have that person come over to your house and like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot up this heroin real quick. I hope that's okay. You can't be around it anymore. It's too addictive. Fire truck. So you got to cut that shit out of your life, period. Now, let's get into something that I know how to do. I've done it before, and I can help you out, all right? And that's quitting smoking, okay? So when it comes to smoking, yes, you're addicted to the nicotine. But in addition to that, there are other things that you're addicted to. Some of the other chemicals inside cigarettes that we can't even identify are some of the things that you're actually addicted to as well. So it's going to be a difficult task. But the first thing I want you to do, if you want to quit smoking, what I want you to do right now, at this very moment in time, is I want you to say to yourself, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to save my life. I want to save my body. I want to save my lungs. I want to save my money. Fuck these stupid ass tobacco companies. And all I'm really doing is giving them money to give me cancer. That's what I'm doing. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to quit on this day. It's my last cigarette. And I want you to put a date, a literal date. If that's July 6th, July 29th, August 31st, whatever it is, you set your date. That's your date. That is the very last day you will ever have a cigarette right there. And say that to yourself every day until you get to that day. That's the first thing that you can do. Set a date. All right? Set your date. That's the step number one, set your date. Now, what are we going to do in the meantime, between now and the time that you actually quit? Okay, so we're going to do a few things 
that's going to help you along the way. The first thing that you're going to do is you're going to just treat the next couple of days as completely normal days, nothing different. You're not going to quit smoking. Everything's still normal. It's all just the same day, same that it was the day before when you decided you were going to quit smoking. All right. I want you to write down on paper, take a little notebook with you everywhere you go. Every time you have a cigarette, you're going to write down the time, where you are, and what you're doing exactly. It's 5.57 on uh, Monday. I'm driving home from work. I'm in traffic. That's my cigarette, right? Okay. That's step number one. And I'm going to tell you why here in a minute. Step number two. So now you're writing it all down, right? And the next thing that you're going to do is you're going to do that two days, three days in a row. Three days in a row, you're going to write down every time that you smoke a cigarette, what time it is and what you're doing and where you are, okay? Now, the reason that we're doing this is because we're trying to create in your mind a mental picture of what it is that you're doing when you're doing it. So the reason why we're doing this is because smoking starts out as an addiction and then becomes a habit. What is the difference? Okay, the difference is a habit can be anything. It doesn't have to be something that you're addicted to. Um, a habit can be, you know, biting your nails. That can be a habit, right? But it's something that you do without actually really thinking about it. I mean, yeah, you got to think about it to pull your cigarette out of the pack, grab your lighter, light the cigarette, all that kind of stuff, right? But it's not really the act of what it is that you're doing, what you're doing to your body, what you're doing to the cigarette, what you're doing to the environment. It's not in your mind. It's not in the forefront of your mind. In the forefront of your mind is grab the smoke, right? That's in the forefront of your mind. What we're doing by having you write this down is we're identifying the things that trigger you to smoke, your trigger points. For example, driving in traffic, it's a really good time to grab a cigarette, right? You're just, you're driving down the road. You got nothing else to do but listen to the radio and smoke a cigarette, right? Pretty common. Another common one is right after dinner. Got to have that after dinner cigarette. Another one is when you're out at the bar hanging out with your buddies. You've had three beers. Three beers equals a cigarette. It's just the way it is, right? So, this is going to help you to identify the times that you're smoking the most, the times that you're smoking the least, the triggers that uh, create the, uh, the habit of, of pulling out that cigarette. Like I said, if you're the one that likes to smoke on your way home or whatever, you're going to identify that, right? You might not even realize that that's when you smoke the most is when you get home from work. I realized the first time that I did this that I smoked way more at home than I did while I was at work. So, when we identify those triggers, we're going to be able to do something really cool with them down the road. Now, for the next three days, you're going to write down, A, your date, your quit date, the day you don't smoke anymore, the last day of the, the, the day that you're going to have your last cigarette, the day after that is your quit date, right? No more cigarettes from that moment forward, okay? Second thing, of course, is you're going to write down for the next three days when you smoke, what time you smoke, what you're doing, right? Day four, you're going to go back to that. You're going to look at it, okay? You're going to see how many cigarettes you smoked each of those days. You're going to average it out. You smoke 20 a day, let's say. That's a pack, right? So what you're going to do at that point is you're going to take two off. Whatever your average for that two days is, let's say it's 20, you're going to take two off, 18 cigarettes. That's what you're going to smoke today. You're going to divide those 18 cigarettes up amongst the time that you have in the day from your, the time that you wake up to the time that you go to bed at night. And you're going to portion those cigarettes out throughout the day, nice and even, so that you get your nicotine fill. Okay? That way, you're still getting your nicotine, but you're cutting back just a little bit. All right? So you're going to do that. The other thing that you're going to do on day four is you're going to notice that you, uh, when you smoke, you tend to use your left hand to hold the cigarette, your right hand to light the cigarette or vice versa, right? Whichever one you do, switch it. Switch it. If you always light your cigarette with your right hand, light it with your left hand, all right? If you always light the cigarette with your left hand, then light it with your right hand, all right? If you're the type you tend to hold your cigarette in between your fingers, uh, then, you know, switch hands while you're holding your cigarette. Don't hold it in the same hand you normally do. All right? And if you don't know, if, you, if you're like, man, I'm always going left and then going right and then going left and then going right, you don't really know which is which, then fine. That's fine. All right? 
instead of holding the cigarette, set it down after each hit, okay? The other thing you're going to do is you're going to say, all right, where are the places that I smoke? Because we wrote that down over the last three days, right? I smoke in my car. I smoke at work at the, uh, at the, the smoking spot on the outside, right? Most buildings you can't smoke in. Um, I smoke at home. Uh, maybe I smoke inside my house, all right? Then you're going to say to yourself, okay, no cigarettes in the car. No cigarettes in the house. If I'm going to smoke, I've got to go outside to do it, right? And if you do already go outside to do it and you sit on the front porch, go to the back. If you sit on the back porch, go to the front. And if you like to smoke while you're at the bar, all right, if you can smoke inside the bar, don't do it. Go outside and smoke. If you normally smoke outside, they've got a little, uh, little area there where you can hang out with your beer and your buddies and have a cigarette. Don't smoke in there. Go outside, outside even further, and smoke in the parking lot, all right? <laughs> You're like, dude, this is really inconvenient. I know it is. That's the purpose because we're trying to make it inconvenient for you to smoke. Not necessarily inconvenient, but make it a situation where you have no choice but to identify the fact that you're going out to have a cigarette, okay? So after you've done that, you're, you're now using the, the opposite hand. You're now um, smoking only 18 cigarettes in the day, and you're portioning them out throughout the day, all right? Now what I want you to do, day number five, all right? You did okay with day number four. You smoked 18 cigarettes. You didn't smoke a single more, right? Now what you're going to do is you're going to take those 18 cigarettes, spread them out throughout the day again, maybe keep it the exact same if that's what you want to do, no problem, all right? But now, instead of smoking the entire cigarette, you're going to put it out halfway through, two-thirds of the way through your cigarette. You're like, Jason, dude, I'm spending a lot of money on these things, man. I hate to see them go to waste. It's fine. It's not going to waste because... Your body's getting the nicotine that it needs. So put that cigarette out halfway and toss it. Do not relight that cigarette later. Don't do it, okay? That cigarette is toast. It's done. It's over with. You're not smoking that cigarette anymore, all right? So put it out halfway through and get rid of it. Do that for a week, one week straight, seven days. Do that. You're smoking 18 cigarettes a day but you're only smoking half at a time, and then you're tossing them. Now, if during that seven days you feel good enough that you can start backing off the number of those cigarettes, take it down by two every day, by two. That way it gives you a nice even number, all right? It's easier to spread that out throughout your work shift or whatever, okay? So now you've set a date, okay? You're putting the smoking in the forefront of your mind by smoking in places that you don't normally and by stopping smoking places that you normally smoke in. You're switching up hands, so again, making a conscious effort to smoke as opposed to it being a habit, okay? Um, you're putting your cigarette out halfway, which is giving you less of a cigarette, but it's still supplying you with the nicotine that you need to get to the next two hours or three hours or whatever it is, okay? So now we've cut back significantly, if you're smoking 18 cigarettes a day, but only half, you're really only smoking nine, right? So you went to smoking a pack a day, it's only smoking nine in a matter of 10 to 14 days, right? In two weeks, you've gone and, and literally cut your habit in half, okay? Now, the really challenging part, all right? From that moment forward, you want to back down your number of cigarettes each day from that moment forward, after your first 10, 10 days, two weeks, from that moment forward, take two off every single day. Spread them out throughout the day. Smoke half. Put it out. Do not relight it. Throw it in the trash. It's done. Okay? You're going to keep doing that for the next seven days, right? So if you started out with 18, then you go to 16, and then you go to, to 14, 12, 10, 8, now we're all the way down to 6, and then down to 4. Four cigarettes a day after one week. You're three weeks in now, and you're down to four cigarettes a day, and you're only smoking half of them each time. So now you're tapering yourself off that nicotine, 
okay? By this time, you should be ready to quit. You should be close to your quit date. And if you are, stick to that for a day. If you can, try to take one out of the equation. If you fuck up and you have to smoke that fourth one, don't worry about it. Don't beat yourself up. It just means that you still need the nicotine. You've tapered yourself off too quickly, which is fine. Now, at this point, you can think about nicotine replacement therapy. I've got a few ideas for you on that. There's patches, there's gum, there's vapes. There's a lot of things that we can do to help eliminate the nicotine in your life. Right now, I got to hit the grocery store and grab a couple of things for dinner tonight. The wife's making some zuppa. I cannot fucking wait. I love that shit. Uh, so I'm going to go in here and get some kale and uh, shit, something else. I hope she sent it to me in the text message because I forget that shit all the time. Um, and when I get back, we're going to talk about the different possibilities for nicotine replacement. Talk to you soon. And I'm back. See, that didn't take very long at all. It was uh, kale and half and half. That was the other thing I needed, half and half. So, and obviously she did text it to me <laughs> because she knows her husband. She knows I'm not going to fucking remember because my memory is about as efficient as a goldfish's. Anyway, um, oh, hey, there's a nice new fish I've never seen before. Whoa, cool castle. There's a nice new fish I've never seen before. Whoa, cool castle. That, that was my goldfish impersonation. Anyway, so... Um, as I was saying, nicotine replacement. Um, so what I did when I first quit smoking the first time, the very first time I ever quit, um, is I went out and I bought the patch, right? The patches are ridiculously expensive, okay? I don't know if they've come down. It was 15 years ago when I made that decision and I, and I bought those. So I don't know if they've come down in price any, um, but I know that it was, it was ridiculous, the amount uh, that I had to spend on that shit, right? In fact, I ended up not even using them all and giving half away uh, because I was so ready to be done quitting that I, I made it look really, really easy. So anyway, um, so with the patch, the thing is with the patch that you can get it from most of your major uh, drug stores and things like that nowadays. You don't have to have a prescription or anything like that. You do have to be of legal smoking age in the state, of course. Um, but with that being said, it's a really, really good way to help get you off the nicotine uh, because all you're doing is, you know, putting on that patch, leaving it on all day, and it's delivering the nicotine to your body for you, okay? Downfall. It's a fucking patch, man. It's literally on your skin. It can get irritating, um, and nicotine can, can cause... Um, uh, a rash, a burn, in fact. So you don't want to go too high on the on the dosage. You know, you want to keep it light. Um, if you're a pack-a-day smoker, I think they say that the 18-milligram patch is the way to go. I say you stay below that even, but you work it out, okay? Uh, so if you do decide to use the patch, they're pretty expensive, but um, what you're going to do is the day that you said is your quit date when you're not having any more cigarettes, that's when you're going to start using the patch. Okay, you're going to use that patch and you're going to use it for the next two weeks and then you're done. All right, don't fuck with it anymore after that. There's no reason that you need it anymore. As long as you taper yourself down to as close to uh, zero as they, they make them anymore, uh, then you're going to be fine. Right, go with a low dose to start you out with because you're no longer a pack a day smoker. Now you're, uh, you know, a quarter of a pack a day smoker. So go with the lowest amount you can and then use those uh, for the first seven days. And then after that, see how you feel. Maybe you don't even need the patch anymore. But let's say that you're done with the patch. You've, been, you've, you've done it for a week or 10 days or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks because it might take you longer. It's okay as long as you're not smoking, right? So you've gone through this for a couple weeks. Um, you stopped using the patch, but you're still having that feeling, that craving throughout the day, a couple times throughout the day. So one other thing that you can do is use nicotine gum. You're like, Jason, I've tried that stuff. It tastes disgusting. I know. I know. Um, so what you do is take a piece of that nicotine gum and chew a piece of your favorite gum at the same time or your second favorite gum or a gum that you just like uh, and it's not really your favorite, but you like it anyway, right? Like juicy food or something like that, right? Something with some flavor. So 
you take a half a piece uh, of the nicotine gum and a half a piece of your regular gum, and you kind of chew those together, and you chew on it for a little bit, and then you stick it in the side of your jaw, right, in your lip or something, so that that nicotine can soak into your bloodstream. So you can actually get the dose of nicotine that your body's craving, the, the, the nicotine that your body needs to function, or it thinks it needs to function. So you're still not smoking, you're doing something with your mouth, which is helping the oral fixation of having the, the habit of having a cigarette in your mouth all these times, all these years, all these months, whatever. Um, so that's helping out, right? And you start chewing that gum less and less, just the same as you did with the cigarettes. And now you might get an addiction to uh, the gum itself. <laughs> so you might actually feel like you need to chew gum on a regular basis. Look, if that's the trade-off, that's not such a bad thing, right? Because gum's not really that fucking bad for you. You can get sugar-free gum, which I'd recommend against, but that's only because of the, uh, the negative health effects that artificial sweeteners have on your body. Uh, they destroy the microbes in your stomach, which you absolutely need to help you digest food. So when you take anything that has an artificial sweetener in it, you're actually hurting yourself, uh, and you're causing yourself some major digestive issues down the road, and you could be gaining weight because of it. So if you're drinking diet soda or diet tea uh, or you're drinking diet anything or you're getting things that are fat-free uh, but they have artificial sweeteners in them, stop doing that to yourself. Just You're hurting yourself. I promise you, you'd be better off drinking a regular Coke than a Diet Coke any fucking day of the week, guaranteed. So the last thing that you can do for nicotine replacement is vaping. Now... Vaping has come a long, long way. There's a lot of options, a lot of things out there, and it can be very overwhelming. So I'm going to spend an extra amount of time on using vaping as a nicotine replacement for you. So I'm at the house now. Uh, I have the kale and the half and half, which means the zuppa is going to be made soon. So I got to get on that, yo, because that stuff is amazing. Uh, it's awesome being married to a chef. So I'm going to go ahead and, and continue to uh, work throughout my evening here uh, and, and do my little home thing with the kids and the wife and, and the dogs and whatnot. And then I'm going to pick this back up in the morning on my way to work. And we're going to start talking about vaping and how vaping can help you to quit smoking. All right. I really appreciate you guys listening. If you know somebody that needs to hear this, man, share it on your wall. I know there are a lot of smokers out there, a lot of people that are dealing with addiction. So this is definitely a very practical, uh, a, a great deal of practical information that you can use to help those things out. So um, listen to another song, and I'll talk to you again soon. Okay, I'm back. So we were talking about uh, using nicotine replacement to help you quit smoking, right? Uh, tapering down the amount of nicotine that you take in every day will help to uh, wean you off, wean your body off of the nicotine that it thinks that it needs in order to survive. So uh, we talked about, you know, cutting down, <clears throat> setting a date, and of course, you know, using uh, smoking less cigarettes each day as a way to start going down that, you know, tapering you off the, the nicotine path. Um, nicotine patches, nicotine gum, those things can help with that. They can assist with that. Uh, of course, as I said, nicotine patches, they, uh, you know, they can irritate your skin. You could have like a little bit of allergic reaction to it. Um, so there are some, some downfalls. It's not crazy. Um, it can also make you feel jittery. It can make you feel um, like like you're crawling out of your skin. I mean, just depending upon how crazy high the dosage is. So keep that in mind uh, when picking out what you're going to use to help get you off these damn cigarettes that are killing you. So uh, the last thing we mentioned before I took a break here and I uh, went to sleep and woke back up, and now it's Tuesday morning. Uh, <laughs> the last thing we talked about was vapes, all right? I vape. I use a vape a lot. Um, that was the last time that I quit was the, the, the way that I was able to do it was by uh, supplementing my nicotine intake um, with using vapes instead. I found a liquid that I like, a flavor that I like, and uh, that, made, that made vaping more enjoyable. And when it's more enjoyable, I do it more often. And when I have the nicotine in there, my body's getting the nicotine. So uh, when, when Nikki and I first quit smoking, 
what we did was uh, we went and got vapes, and we would we were still smoking while using the vapes because I'll tell you this, you know, and again, I'm not a, I'm not an expert when it comes to uh, vapes, different mods, all that kind of shit, right? I, I I only know what I know from experience because I've I've uh, chosen the wrong things before and I've done the wrong things before so I know what I know based on my experience only okay I'm, I'm I don't know a lot about different kinds of mods and all the different like the drippers and the fucking I don't fucking know all right so if you need to get involved in vaping then go to your local vape store and talk to somebody because those guys in there know a lot more about this shit than anybody else but they're not great salespeople usually. So one thing that a sales, a great salesperson recognizes right out of the gate is when somebody doesn't know very much. And what they want to do then, a good salesperson will educate that consumer and let them know, uh, you know the, the pros and cons of each of the different options that they have available to them. And hey, this is what I, and, and also to give a recommendation, you know. Um, and most of the time, the consumer is going to take the recommendation of the salesperson because if the salesperson did their job right, they seem knowledgeable, like they know what they're talking about, and they gave them a good, uh, a good fair amount of education when it comes to the vaping and, and what they should use. So what we did was we bought vapes, and we learned how to use them and learned how to fill them up, and uh, we tested out different juices and things like that. We found two or three or four that we liked. Um, so we started out with a 6-milligram nicotine in our vapes. Now, that is the maximum amount of nicotine that I can handle in my vape juice. And the reason why is because the more nicotine that you have in the vape juice, the less flavor you have. And the more nicotine you have, you can literally, it can actually, to me, to me, it feels hot. It feels like it's burning my throat, right? Because um, there's too much nicotine in there. It's just kind of like, it's almost like raw nicotine hitting your throat, which, how is it different from smoking? I don't know. It's, it's different. It's definitely different. So... Um, I can't go any higher than six. I've had eight before, 10 before, 12 before, and I just cannot vape those. I can't do it. It's too harsh. The flavor is awful. So I'd recommend starting at the maximum of a six, all right, a six milligram, point six, whatever they fucking call it, right? I believe it's actually point six milligrams of nicotine in the bottle if it's like a 60 milliliter bottle. So uh, start out with that if you're trying to quit smoking. Um, vape on that for a couple of weeks and you know I told you that you should cut down all the way down to like four cigarettes a day or eight cigarettes a day that you're only smoking a half of well this might be a good time to introduce the vape to your body at that point um, because you're gonna get more nicotine in your body so you're gonna feel those cravings less and less um, and you're gonna start getting used to the vape and then what you can do this is what Nikki and I did we, we were smoking here and there, all right, but we were using the vape the majority of the time, all right? We used cigarettes um, or swishers, in my case, uh, to, to kind of supplement that, that nicotine that we needed that we weren't getting necessarily from the vape, right? Because, again, anything higher than six milligrams in the vape juice of nicotine is... is harsh to me it's brutal to me and, and you might feel the same way you might be fine with it I don't know but that's just my recommendation my own personal experience anything over six uh, I don't like so then what we did was after we got uh, you know through that couple of weeks we kind of basically stopped smoking cigarettes entirely uh, and then we're just hitting the vape now we took uh, we went back to the vape store we bought our same favorite juice and we cut the nicotine in half so we went from a six down to a three, okay? Vaped on that for a couple of weeks. And then we went and bought our favorite juices in a three and a zero. Then we basically, because they don't make a 1.5, I guess, or whatever. So, and then we just basically mixed the two so that we could dilute the amount of nicotine that was that we were getting per uh, per tank, okay? So, we basically just continued to dilute it until all we were vaping was just straight juice, no nicotine whatsoever. Well, that worked beautifully, right? Because we literally changed 
from smoking cigarettes and needing the nicotine to vaping and not needing it at all. And then I, I put the vape down and there'd be days at a time where I completely forgot even had the damn thing, right? I almost sold it at one point uh, or almost gave it away at one point. Glad I didn't because I need it now, but that's not the point. So that's how we did it. And that's a really good way to start. If you live in Columbus, Ohio or the surrounding areas um, and you want to look into vaping, Go to um, go to one of your vape stores, one of the local vape stores. Uh, I think that Vapor Station in Canal Winchester, um, if you want a personal recommendation, uh, the Vapor Station in Canal Winchester on, on Gender Road, right behind Walmart and whatnot, it's, uh, in my opinion, the guys that work in there are very knowledgeable and very helpful and if you just start asking them questions, they're going to want to talk to you because especially the young looking guy with the great big gauges in his ears, um, he's just a super cool dude and he, he's very, very knowledgeable. He knows a lot about all the vapes, the different juices, all that kind of stuff, who makes what, where they come from, all that kind of thing. So the guy's really, really smart. So if you're anywhere near Canal Winchester within a 30-minute drive, I'm going to tell you that it's worth it to go see those guys at the vapor station in Canal because... Uh, they're going to be able to help you out if you don't know very much about vaping. You don't want to make the trip? No problem. Uh, Glass City Vapors in Lancaster, um, those guys have been in there a few times. They're pretty cool, too. And um, they have a lot of different things to choose from, and you can definitely walk out of there with what you need for the day. Um, other than that... Um, I don't know of any other ones. I mean, there's several vapor station locations around Columbus and surrounding areas. Um, there's, you know, Glass City Vapors in, um, in Lancaster. I know there's a vapor store in Athens, Ohio, um, on Washington Street, but I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it. Uh, a couple of college students tend to run that. Some of them are just literally there to, like, make sure that nobody steals anything um, and they don't know shit. But then you might find the one or two people that work there that have a lot of knowledge. So I think it's on Washington Street. It's right downtown. I mean, it's if you're downtown at all, you can walk there um, to that vapor store in Athens. So go check it out. Now, the whole point of this podcast really is is quitting smoking, okay? But... The concepts here can be applied to just about any addiction that you have. Um, and once again, when I, when I say addiction, I'm talking small addictions, small habits um, that aren't life-threatening. Look, if you're, if you're a heroin addict or if you, cannot put, if you cannot stop going out and buying pills, you know, pain pills or, or benzos or whatever you like, you need to get better help. I mean, I can't. I can't help you. I'd like to be able to help you. I can tell you what you need to do. But the truth of the matter is, you're not going to do shit until you're ready to do it. So it doesn't matter what the fuck I say or anybody else says. Uh, if you're addicted to a hardcore drug, you are not going to do anything about it until you've made the decision to do so. So the only advice that I can give you is make that fucking choice. Now, it's no different when it comes to cigarettes or alcohol um, gambling, those kinds of things. Now, <laughs> gambling is a funny addiction to me. Um, it's still an addiction. It's no different than, than crack or heroin or, you know, meth or whatever. But it does. There's not really much of a, 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 a chemical response. There's a chemical response from your body. Yes, when you're winning and things like that. There's a, you know, the the. the uh, there's a lot of chemicals released by the body that make you feel good, you know, the dopamine and all that. But, um, but that's that's what you're addicted to, and, and like the only thing that gives you that is winning. So when you gamble and you're constantly losing, how how are you still addicted? I don't know. It's confusing to me. I've never been addicted to gambling. I've gambled in the past. I've been bad at it, but. Um, I, I'm not quite 100% sure about that particular addiction, so I'm just throwing that out there. 
Uh, anyway, if you're addicted to something else, something that's not life-threatening, not kicking your ass and killing you like cigarettes, it's life-threatening, yes, but it's going to kill you over time as opposed to heroin, which could be literally one shot away from, from death, uh, depending upon what you get or, you know, who your, who your dealer is or whatever. So if you're dealing with anything that you're addicted to, anything that you've got a habit of doing, biting your nails, whatever, uh, this is... These are some really good techniques, some really good practices as a way to help to bring the habit to the forefront of your mind so that you're looking at it subjectively now as opposed to just something that you're not looking at at all. And that's the difference right there. By uh, switching hands, by not smoking in the same locations, by uh, you know, counting how many cigarettes you've got for the day, by writing down you know, when you're smoking and, and where you are when you're doing that. By doing all those things, you're taking that what used to be habitual nature for you and you're making it seem more cumbersome, something that is actually there that you have to deal with now, right? So it's actually something that you think about on a regular basis as opposed to not thinking about it at all and just grabbing a smoke, right? So if you can move your uh, subconscious mind into your conscious, it's going to kind of give you a little bit better picture of what you're doing when you don't realize it, right? Like, there's this guy at work. When he's talking, he's constantly going, so, uh, and uh, he's not spitting anything out, but he's constantly doing that through the end. It doesn't matter what he's saying or how long he's talking, how long he's been talking. It doesn't matter. He's constantly, every five words, he's like, acting like he's got something on his tongue and he's got to spit out like a hair or a toenail or something. I don't know. That's gross, right? <laughs> so, um, but it's a habit. And I think that he had picked that up because maybe he used to smoke cigars a lot and he got, you know, stuff in, uh, in his mouth. Maybe he smokes a lot of joints or blunts and he gets a lot of weed in his mouth and he's constantly spitting it out. That may be the case, but it started out with something like that, and now it's a habit. Now it's something that he can't stop doing. He doesn't even realize he's fucking doing it. So I pointed out to him yesterday, I'm like, dude, are, what are you spitting out here? Oh, oh, no, man, oh, it's just, just, a, just a habit. It's, it's, I just, I blah, 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 whatever, dude. So he said it's a habit. All right. So if I tell you every time that you're doing it, it's bringing it to the forefront of your mind, you're not going to do it, right? Um, my ex-wife was best friends with a girl who sucked her thumb, and she's probably 40 years old today, and she's probably still sitting there sucking her thumb right now at 40 years old. Sucking her thumb. It's a habit. She don't even realize she's fucking doing it. Every time she would say something to her, she'd like, oh, oh, yeah. But two seconds later, right back in her mouth. Yeah, 40-year-old woman sucking her thumb. Awesome. So I hope that helps, guys. Uh, that's my little ditty on quitting smoking and uh, my general about addiction in general. I uh, didn't give you any specific details as to how to overcome those heavier things. Um, once again, because I think you need more than me to help get you through that. Uh, although I will bring that up in a, a later episode, we'll talk about that down the road. I do want to talk about it. I've got a very good couple of stories to tell you. Um, so I definitely want to talk to you about it. But right now, I just wanted to see if there was any way that I could get you on the not smoking train uh, trust me, this is this is what I can tell you. This is how much. This is what I know for a fact. Okay. Once you put the cigarettes down for good, once you put the cigarettes down for good, everything smells better. Your clothes, the world around you, your house, your car. Everything tastes better. All the food, the actual like flavor is enhanced. Okay? It doesn't taste different. It's enhanced. It's better. You know, there's more of it. Okay? Um, you are going to start feeling better relatively quickly. You're going to start finding that you have more energy than you've ever had before. Okay? Use that for some good. We'll talk about that in the next episode. So use that energy for good, but you're going to feel a lot more energetic. You're going to feel a lot better. Um, number four, you're going to breathe so much better, right? You're going to see that you have fewer sinus issues. You're also going to see that you have fewer colds uh, in between, you know, uh, here and there. Sometimes we, even in the summertime, we get fucking colds out of nowhere, right? You're going to find that that happens to you less now, right? When you put the cigarettes down. Also, so everything smells better. Everything tastes better. Um, 
you can breathe better, you have fewer illnesses. Um, in addition to that, you sleep so much better. You sleep so much better because you're able to breathe in more oxygen throughout the night because you don't have as much tar sitting on the insides of your lungs, right? So you're able to soak up more oxygen. Uh, your lungs are able to take in more oxygen at one, one point. So all of those things. Oh, and I forgot the best part, right? I forgot the best part. So all of these health-related issues are going to get better for you. Uh, you're going to feel better, smell better, look better, everything's going to taste better, you're going to breathe better, sleep better, all of those things. But you know what else you're going to get that you don't even think about until you stop smoking and then you're like, oh, holy shit, look at this. You're going to get money in your bank account. Think about it, guys. Five, if you only spent $5 a day, which you all know you're spending more than $5 a day on your cigarettes, Okay. Uh, or cigars or whatever you're smoking. If you spend $5 a day and there's seven days in the week and you smoke a pack a day, right? That's $35 a week. Now, I'm no mathematician, but that's a lot of fucking money, dude. Right? <laughs> that's $140 to $150 a month, okay? If there's two of you smoking in the household, double that. That's what I'm talking about. You got three of you smoking in the household, triple that. Now we're talking some serious serious savings, right? So save yourself the $7 a day that we really know it is, the $50 a week, the $200 a month that we really know you're spending on cigarettes, and put that into something else, man. Buy yourself a new car. Buy yourself a gym membership because now all you want to do is eat since you can't, you're not smoking anymore. So buy yourself a gym membership and, uh, you know, kick yourself in the ass every day. And then you're going to have a new addiction, a healthy addiction. That's what I got for you today, guys. It's 8.13 on a Tuesday morning. I'm getting my ass back to into the work office here, and uh, I'm going to kick some ass today. Hopefully, I'll be reporting to you a sale today. I'm still shooting for it. Don't worry. It's going to happen. I'm getting closer. I can feel it every single day. We're getting there. It's going to happen. Keep your fingers crossed. Wish me luck. And uh, do your best to listen to what I said and try to quit smoking. If you know somebody who needs to quit smoking or, you know, that, that maybe – doesn't need to quit smoking, but is smoking, <laughs> then do me a favor. Share this episode with them. Bring them aboard. Let them hear this. This is going to be helpful for them. It's very practical information. Anybody can use it. Um, it's, it's free. You're welcome. <laughs> you can download this thing. You can save it, whatever you want to do. Have questions? Shoot me an email, dailydrivespodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on um, social media. I'm all over the place. Just fucking Google me, right? Um, <laughs> Let me know what's going on with your world. And in the meantime, until I talk to you guys again, which might be another week or so, seeing as how sporadic I've been doing these things, I'm trying to get better at it. I'm working on it, I promise. Um, so until I see you guys again, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and don't be a dick. Have a good day.